Welcome to Nature Mono, an environmental humanities podcast. I'm your host, John L. Pitt. This is episode one of season one, Oceanic Japan. In 2009, Stephen Mentz, professor of English at St. John's University, wrote that, quote, the new millennium is bringing humanity's scholarship back to the sea, end quote. Mentz's essay, titled Toward a Blue Cultural Studies, The Sea, Maritime Culture, and Early Modern English Literature, proposed that an ocean-focused environmental humanities could speak to, quote, a series of modern discourses, including globalization, post-colonialism, environmentalism, eco-criticism, and the history of science and technology, end quote. Now a decade later, the so-called blue humanities have continued to bring attention to the ocean as a critical space in a variety of academic fields, including history, literary studies, anthropology, and media studies, to name a few. In her 2020 book, Wild Blue Media, media theorist Melody Jue explained what she calls the ocean humanities this way. Quote, Distinct from green forest spaces, the ocean figures as a vital confluence of overlapping theoretical approaches that deal with global climate change, indigenous cultural histories of seafaring and navigation, shipping routes and global capitalism, the alterity of marine organisms, the Middle Passage, technologies of ocean mapping and remote sensing, marine resource extraction, maritime literatures, and more. Such topics usually require expertise from more than one field, for example, geography and history, literature and media, giving rise to a number of interstitial scholars who loosely identify under the umbrella of the ocean humanities, end quote. Could the ocean be the newest frontier for the humanities, a vast, largely unknown and under-theorized space that nevertheless covers the majority of the planet? If Jue is right in saying that work in the ocean humanities usually requires expertise from more than one field, then the ocean is not only a new frontier in terms of research content, but also in terms of research practice. The sea has frequently been on my mind ever since moving to Southern California, where I began teaching Japanese environmental humanities at the University of California, Irvine, in January of 2020. The coast is nearby, a short drive, and there's the great expanse of the Pacific Ocean. The Humanities Center here at UCI, who are a co-sponsor of this podcast, has planned a year-long series of programming for the 2020-2021 academic year around the theme of oceans. Their website for the series reads, quote, Oceans are rarely neutral places. They provoke the human imagination, arouse emotions of fear and nostalgia, and are sites of pleasure, contemplation, heroism, and death, end quote. The website goes on to ask, quote, how has the blue humanities, or how have oceans and oceanic connections shifted our concepts of space, time, and human relations to the environment and the non-human, end quote. I wanted to ask these questions within my own field of research and see if there wasn't a similar turn to the ocean within the study of Japan. Thus, the first season of this podcast is devoted to rethinking Japan as an oceanic space. It will ask what possibilities for interdisciplinary scholarship are opened up 
if we embrace the ocean as a medium of exchange and resist the claim to firm borders, both terrestrial and disciplinary. To this end, each episode of this season of Nature, Mono, will be built around interviews with a range of academic scholars from a variety of disciplines who engage with the notion of oceanic Japan in some way. I hope to highlight the exciting work being done in what we might call Japanese blue humanities, an emerging field that reminds us that Japan's borders do not stop at the coastline, or as one of my upcoming guests, Jacobina Arch, so eloquently puts it in her 2018 book, Bringing Whales Ashore, quote, while the boundaries of a single island can indeed enclose and limit a terrestrial system, Japan's island nature needs to be seen as a collection of islands whose boundaries are thus not closed at all because they must be drawn somewhere in the waters that connect those islands to each other and to the Pacific Ocean as a whole, end quote. I hope you'll join me for future episodes as I speak with researchers who look for such connectivity in the watery depths of the sea. Nature Mono is recorded and produced by me, John L. Pitt, with co-sponsorship support from the Humanities Center at the University of California, Irvine. Visit our website at naturemono, that's naturemono.com, and please subscribe and follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>